The Bible reading is from Revelation chapter 20 and verse 7 through to chapter 21 and verse 7. When the thousand years were over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number they are like the sand on the seashore. They march across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are a God who speaks and uh, you speak to us through the Bible. And Father, through all the symbolism and the imagery in the book of Revelation, you still have a very profound message for us. Won't you help us to understand that, give us insight, to hear what you have to say. Amen. A lot of people are are put off by the book of Revelation simply because of its uh, very graphic and often gruesome imagery and because of all the judgments of God. God seems to be endlessly judging people. And of course, there have been some, 
well, a lot of strange interpretations of the book of Revelation which have led to a lot of wacky end time predictions and the like. And that's enough to put anyone off. But the book of Revelation does have a very profound message for the church. But unfortunately, this message is often not heard because of all the hype of these end time predictions and the like. And our problem and our difficulty with understanding the book of Revelation is one, the symbolism that is used. We don't understand the symbols. And two, we don't understand the historical context. So what is the historical context? Well, in the early days of the church, the Roman Empire was the most powerful kingdom on earth. And as a result, it had become extremely wealthy. It was full of all these luxuries, which it had got through economic exploitation and military might. But as time went on, the, the Roman emperors, known as Caesars, started to think of themselves as gods. And they started to force people to worship them and revere them. And so this put the followers of Jesus in a very dangerous position. Because they believed there was one God and that Jesus was Lord, not the emperor. But if they refused to bow down to the emperor, they could lose everything. They could lose their job, they could lose their possessions, and they could lose their life. And as a result, many of these followers of Jesus were tortured and executed simply for remaining faithful to Jesus. Many were beheaded, and others were thrown to the lions as a form of public entertainment. Kind of like the entertainment of a gladiator's fight, crowds would gather into stadiums to watch the followers of Jesus be tortured and then publicly beheaded or thrown to lions to be eaten. And so many of the followers of Jesus had seen fellow followers of Jesus and even family members being beheaded publicly simply because they remained faithful to Jesus and refused to worship the emperor. And in the face of such suffering and terror and with no end in sight, the, the followers of Jesus started crying out to God. They started wondering where was God's justice? They started wondering why God wasn't judging all this evil. They were wondering, why is there a delay in God's judgment? Other followers of Jesus turned their backs on Jesus. They stopped being faithful to Jesus. They turned their backs on God. They compromised their faith by worshipping the emperor. And in response to this, and in response to their cries for justice, God gives a vision to John, one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. John himself, at this time, is, has been exiled to an island called Patmos because he had remained faithful to Jesus and had not worshipped 
the emperor. And John receives this vision and he shares this vision with seven churches who are in an area of the empire known as Asia Minor. That's modern day, part of modern day Turkey. And his essential message in this vision to these seven churches is essentially stay faithful to Jesus. Hang in there. Even if it means losing your life. Stay faithful to Jesus even to the point of death. And to those who had not remained faithful, to those who had turned their backs on Jesus, he warns them, turn back to Jesus before it is too late. In the first two chapters, in chapter, oh, sorry, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, there is a refrain that is repeated seven times. And the refrain is this, to the one who is victorious, That means the one who remains faithful even to the point of death. Jesus says, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. In other words, it's a symbol for eternal life. And in order to encourage these followers of Jesus in these seven churches to remain faithful even to the point of death, John uses very colorful And graphic, sometimes gruesome images, symbolic images, uh, to encourage them. The problem is, we often don't understand uh, what these symbols are. We don't understand the meaning of these symbols. Uh, Imagine, if I said to you, Downing Street consulted with the White House. You know what I mean. I mean, the British Prime Minister has spoken to the President of the United States of America. But imagine people 2,000 years later. They'll be thinking, do these guys really think that streets can talk to houses? Because they fail to understand the symbol. They don't realize that, that, that Downing Street is a symbol for the British Prime Minister and the White House is a symbol for the President of the United States of America. In the same way, the beast in the book of Revelation is a symbol for the Roman Emperor. And Babylon was a code word for Rome. And the false prophet, also known as the beast from the earth, was a symbol for the state-sponsored religion of emperor worship. These were the guys who were actually forcing people to worship the emperor or they were going to kill you. And in very graphic detail, John displays how the beast and the false prophet will be destroyed. God will judge them. And they will get what they deserve. And everyone is going to say, God's judgment is just. And John depicts the destruction of the beast, the the fall of Rome, against the backdrop of God's end time judgment. As a way of saying that every Rome, every beast, 
will be defeated, will be judged. In fact, everyone, everyone will have to stand before God and give an account according to what they've done. And they will be judged according to what they have done. And God's judgment will be just. Now, John also wants them to realize that that the fall of of the beast, that the fall of Rome, who is really behind it? Or actually, who is really behind all this evil and suffering? John wants the, the, the followers of Jesus in those seven churches to know who is really behind all this evil, all this suffering. Who is really behind this beast? That is torturing them. And so he uses another symbol. The symbol of a dragon. And the dragon is a symbol of Satan, the devil. It's a symbol of evil itself. And God will ultimately judge the dragon. God will ultimately destroy the dragon. And then there will be no evil or suffering. Or death. And also to encourage these followers of Jesus on the seven, in the seven churches to remain faithful even to the point of death, John uses a number of images, number of symbols to depict Jesus. So right at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book, Jesus is depicted symbolically depicted as a divine warrior with a sword coming out of his mouth. And it's with this sword that Jesus is going to defeat the beast and the false prophet and ultimately the dragon. Is this a literal sword? Of course not. No. It's a symbol For the pronouncement of judgment. The very word of Jesus that pronounces judgment. You see in the book of Revelation. There's this long build up to the final battle between good and evil. There's this very long build up. But when we get to the end. There's no battle. Jesus just pronounces judgment. And that's the end of evil. However, in the middle of the book. John uses different symbols to depict Jesus. He uses the symbol of a lion and a lamb. So in chapter 5, an angel comes to John and says, he says to John, Look, the lion of Judah has triumphed. In other words, the powerful lion has defeated evil, conquered evil. And so John gets excited and he turns around to have a look at this line. And what does he see? A lamb that has been slaughtered. That has been sacrificially killed. The point is that the way that Jesus defeats evil is not through military means, not as a powerful conquering lion, but as a sacrificial lamb. 
Jesus conquers evil by remaining faithful to God, even to the point of death. Then, in chapter 7, the angel says to John, this is the number, he says this, this is the number of God's faithful people. It's 144,000. Now, the number 12 is always a symbolic number for the people of God because of the 12 tribes of Israel. 144,000 is 12 times 12 times 1,000. And it's, it's depicting the people of God in 12 divisions of 12,000. This is a military picture. This is a picture of an army in battle formation. And so John turns around to see this, this army of 144,000 in battle formation. And what does he see? He sees a great multitude. Too many to count. From every nation. And they're wearing white robes. And they're waving palm branches. John says to the angel, who are these? And the angel says to him in, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, the great suffering. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, these are those who have remained faithful to Jesus even to the point of death. That's the symbolism of the white robes. Remaining faithful to Jesus even to the point of death. These are those who, haven't, who have refused to worship the emperor. And as a result, many of them have been killed. And yet, they're waving palm branches. They are celebrating victory over evil. You see, the way we overcome evil is the same way Jesus overcame evil. Not as a lion, but as a sacrificial lamb. Not through military might, not through an army in battle formation, but through remaining faithful to Jesus, even to the point of death. This is a major theme in the book of Revelation and is well summed up. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, it says they triumphed over him. That's Satan, that's evil. They triumphed over evil by the blood of the Lamb. That's by trusting in Jesus' death. And by the word of their testimony, that's them claiming that Jesus is Lord, not the emperor. And that they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That means they remain faithful to Jesus even to the point of death. But the question still remains. The question that those earlier followers of Jesus were asking. Why is there a delay? Why is there a delay in God's judgment? They are being tortured. They are being executed. And yet they are not seeing 
God's judgment. Why is there this delay? And God's answer, which comes through some very graphic imagery drawn from the plagues of Exodus, a book in the Old Testament, is that the reason why there is a delay is God is giving people time to see the error of their way, time to see the evil they are doing so that they can turn away from evil and turn back to God. And this delay is communicated through God doing partial judgments. And we see that through the seven seals and then the seven trumpets and then finally the seven bowls. The other reason why God is delaying His judgment is because He's giving us, the followers of Jesus, time to testify, to witness to the evil world about God's goodness and love. And the best way to testify to the truth of God's goodness and love is to remain faithful even to the point of death. For then people will be amazed and they will will be amazed at your love and your devotion and hopefully they will come to their senses and turn away from evil and turn back to God. But through all of this, God promises to protect His people. God promises to place His seal of ownership upon us. Now we don't use seals anymore, but of course back in those days when they wrote a letter, they would seal their letter with some wax. They'd put some hot wax on the the letter and they'll have a stamp, which they would have a sign of their family on it, and they would stamp it and they would seal that letter. And you couldn't open that letter without breaking that seal. It was a way of showing that this letter was yours, that it belonged to you. And God says He's placed His seal upon us, His seal of ownership upon us. We are His. And therefore we can be assured, even if we tortured, even if we killed, that we will experience eternal life with God on a new and restored earth. And there will be no more evil. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Everything will be made new. Everything will be just the way it should be. And God will come home to earth. And God will come and live with us and dwell with us. And we will know God intimately and personally, face to face. And we will enjoy that for all eternity. Therefore, remain faithful to Jesus, even to the point of death. And this message is still so relevant for us today. For we still face evil in in many forms today. We don't have to worship the emperor or the British prime minister. But we are forced to worship Western ideals. Western secular agenda. We're complicit to the Western economic exploitation. Enjoying the benefits and the luxuries of Rome. Affluent West. At the expense of the rest. 
The rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. Are we going to continue to worship the beast? Or are we going to remain faithful to Jesus? No matter the cost. And there's so much evil within the world. Still today, there's so much evil. ISIS, as one example, beheading innocent people, women and children, simply because they have a different faith. And even within the UK, so many people who are suffering from evil. Think of those who have been abused. Been assaulted. Think of them, those who have been murdered, raped. Think of pedophiles. The abuse just goes on. And we cry, where's the justice? Think of all those refugees who have had to leave their homes and their home countries because of violence. They have traveled all these miles only to end up being shipwrecked in the Mediterranean or dumped into some refugee camp without any status, nationality, hopeless and homeless. Where's the justice? And God says to us through the book of Revelation that He will judge all evil. He will defeat all beasts. He will judge all all evil and all these beasts, all those who have done evil will be judged. They will get what they deserve. And everyone, everyone will say, God's judgment is just. And the reason there is a delay, God says, is because He's giving people time. To see the evil, to realize the evil they do and see the, the error in their ways. And to turn away from evil and turn back to Him. And He says He's giving us time to witness and testify to the truth of the goodness and the love of God. So in the face of this evil, remain faithful to Jesus. Even to the point of death. Knowing that you will experience eternal life with God on a renewed and restored earth. Where there will be no evil. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things will have passed away. The new would have come. Everything would be made new. Everything will be the way it should be. And God will come home to earth and dwell with us face to face for all eternity. This is our sure and certain hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that the the book of Revelation is very confusing, complexing, baffling. But Father, we thank you that there's a very profound message to us. A very strong challenge. A challenge to remain faithful even to the point of death. 
And Father, as, as we come, you know, just think about those early Christians and what they were facing, we wonder, would we be able to be faithful? Father, we pray that we would. Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would enable us, give us the courage we need to remain faithful in the face of evil, to remain faithful to you, to do what is right, to do what is true, to stand up for the poor and the oppressed. And Father, we can't do that without you, so won't you by your Holy Spirit empower us and enable us to do that. And Father, through the book of Revelation, help us to get a real vision of the future you have called us to. The real sure and certain hope of a restored and a renewed earth where there is no more evil. We thank you that we have this hope in you. We thank you that you offer it to all to come and enjoy. We thank you that you offer forgiveness and eternal life. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to be faithful, to be faithful even to the point of death. Amen.